Hello, it is Friday, October 11th, 2019. We are coming to you live from 39,977 feet above Earth in a plane making its way back to Indianapolis from Raleigh, North Carolina. NC State defeated Syracuse last night in what was a sloppy-ass football game. But NC State covered. Also, New England covered, which I grabbed Thor's hammered and hammered. Good for them. It was a little bit ugly in the first half. But what Tom Brady does is always come through in the end. Not only is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time, I think it's about time we argue, is he the greatest running quarterback of all time? Thousand yards rushing, two touchdowns last night, and Alberto Riveron maintains his suckiness at a level that has never been seen before, even surpassing the replacement refs of the old. Something that doesn't suck is our presenting sponsor, Seeking, the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. That's right, if you're gonna buy tickets to a live event on the moon, you go ahead and utilize SeatGeek because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms and make sure you're getting the best tickets available for the best prices available. But Pat, do they have tickets to sports events? Yep. Do they have tickets to concerts? Yep. Theater? Yep. Comedy? Yep. You name it, SeatGeek has tickets for you. You're live, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. Right now, use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Use promo code McAfee, get $20 off your first order. Holy shit. What an incredible deal that is. I went around the plane and I said, boys, what was your favorite moments from this past week's live radio show? Ty Schmidt was first, mostly because Ty is living a terrible existence and I wanted to make him feel good. He said the interview with Green Bay running back, Aaron Jones was his favorite moment of the week. Old Showtime Aaron Jones put on a show for us, and I think you're going to enjoy this, especially since the Packers seem to be all the way. Backer. <laughs> that was whack. Joining us right now from Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's where he's calling from. It's not where he's from. He was a fifth-round draft pick from the University of Texas, El Paso, old UTEP. And this past weekend in Jerry World exploded onto the scene with four tutters for the Green Bay Packers running back, Aaron Jones. Aaron. How you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you doing after scoring four touchdowns in Jerry World on primetime television? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, the world got a chance to get introduced to you. That team in Green Bay, everybody has been talking about the defense is incredible. Aaron Rodgers is excited about the first time the Packers have had a great defense in a long time. And against the Cowboys, without Devontae Adams, nobody knew what the offense was going to do. Did you know it was going to be a big day for you going into the game? And was the game plan revolved around Aaron Jones dominating in Dallas? Oh, uh, no, so the game plan wasn't uh, just centered around me. We knew everybody had to step up uh, with Tay being out. Everybody um, had to strain a little bit more and do their 111, which is uh, when we say 111, do their job. So everybody did their 111th, and it, it opened it up for me and made it easy. I think you did two to three 11ths a couple times. <laughs> uh, you had an incredible game. Aaron Rodgers was quoted as saying uh, that he's having a lot of fun right now. When – 
before the season started, the only conversation was Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur aren't going to get along, blah, 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 they're this, they're that. Your team looks incredible right now. What is the atmosphere and what is Aaron referring to whenever he says that the whole team is having a lot of fun right now in the facility? Um, I mean, you could just cut on the film and you'll see us having fun out there. The defense celebrating, all celebrating together. The offense all celebrating together. There's a play being made. Everybody's celebrating. Um, in the locker room, the, the chemistry is different. It's like a family. Um, is everybody talks to everybody, no matter if you're on the practice squad or if you're Aaron Rodgers. He talk, like he talks to everybody. I talk to everybody. Everybody talks to everybody. So it's just when you get that, you get your leader who you see your leader talking to anybody. I mean, it, it opens it up for for the whole team, and it just brings everybody closer. Um, winning also is a great way <laughs> to celebrate. You guys have been winning a lot. I have you picked. Now, granted, I made this decision before watching the Niners for the first time on Monday night, so I still feel this way. A lot of people are picking the Green Bay Packers as the best team in the NFC. Do you guys have those types of expectations inside the locker room, or are you just keeping the noise out? Let's just do 111th and focus on our next week. Um, we're, we're always just doing our 111 and focusing on next week, but we we um, also at the same time do feel that way, um, and that's something we strive for every year to be the best, um, and we're not going to stop until we get to that point. We're going to keep working to, to achieve that. Okay. I was just introduced to you on Sunday. What do people not know about Aaron Jones that they should know? What are you into off the field? Are you a musician? Do you like to write? Uh, are you a gamer? What is Aaron Jones into outside of football? I uh, play a little bit of video games. I like to sleep, watch movies, and uh, eat. <laughs> <laughs> the the Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers being your quarterback. What have you got a chance to learn from him about being a professional, being in the NFL, and how much does it help the running game when you have a, have a quarterback that can literally make every throw and create things without anything having to be made for him? Oh, I mean, he makes it so much easier for you. You're gonna you're gonna see light boxes um, sometimes out there, but just when he starts to kill them through the through the air, they're gonna put another DB on the field, take her backer out. So that's that's gonna take somebody out of the box for me and um Aaron he's just like I said he makes the game easy for you I mean I remember coming in um protection is a big thing for rookie running backs coming in he just made it so easy for me when I was out there on the field he knows who's blitzing when they're blitzing and where they're coming from he's like hey you got him and him you're gonna run this route so as a rookie he just made it easy for me and now like seeing that I, I understand protection so much so much cleaner and i know where it's coming from now and that's just one of the many things a rod has taught me hey a rod you're the nfc player of the week did the team celebrate you did you get announced at the end of practice was it in a team meeting how was it told um i got the game ball after the game um we have we haven't had a team meeting uh we had a team meeting two days ago but we haven't had one since so um we'll have one tomorrow so i'll be looking for <laughs> i'll be looking forward to that <laughs> Uh, your team is damn good. The Green Bay Packers fan base is one that is incredibly loyal. They show up everywhere. What's it been like playing for the Green Bay Packers? Oh, man, it's been an honor and a blessing. Um, we have the best fans in the country. Uh, we travel. They take over stadiums. Um, we, we, we're we in other stadiums. You hear the Go Pack Go chant break out. Um, you could be anywhere in the world and somebody – Here's you play for the Packers, find out you play for the Packers. Nine times out of the ten, there's a Packers fan somewhere around. Um, so it's just been amazing. It's been a blessing. And I love the support that the Packers have, and I love to see it continue. 
Aaron, I'm a uh, partial owner of the team, and uh, I was ringing the bell really hard last year that I thought you should have had the lion's share of the carries. And, you know, I mean, because you performed every time you did, and it didn't really shake out that way with McCarthy. How did you kind of stay the course, or, or what were you expecting to change when, uh, like, with the, the different head coach coming in? Um, you just know never too high, never too low. Um, you're going to get your chances, and when you do get your chances, make the most of them. Um, and, with with that being said, uh, you you gotta you gotta do the most. Like I said, with, with every opportunity, because you don't know when your next one's gonna come. Um, if you're playing sparingly, so you gotta do everything you can to try to keep yourself on the field. And are you gonna continue to wave at defenders as you run by them? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sir, I'm not. <laughs> uh, you don't have to serve that guy. That you got. I thought that was incredible, by the way. I wish I had enough speed to do that in my life. I couldn't do that to a homeless man walking down the street. My <laughs> knee would blow out. I enjoyed that. It does It does ring true, though, that it sounds like you guys are having fun. I mean, it, it, when you win, it's a lot of fun. Matt LaFleur, whenever he came there, this is his first time being a head coach. Has he emphasized you guys enjoying it? Are you guys having a good time, or is that more team-oriented as opposed to coaching-oriented? Um, it's, coach, it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, you you start playing the game, and when you start playing the game at a young age, you're you're playing for fun, you're playing for the love of the game, and so, me personally, I, I feel like that's one of the joys of the game, and what it's all about is going out there having fun and enjoying your 52 other brothers that you've been putting in work with all summer. Did you did you get told not to wave at anybody again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that conversation go? I want to hear that. That is a hilarious situation that I would never be in in my entire life. Like, hey, Aaron. Um, just, just run to the sideline. I'm like, hey, you know you can get flagged for that. That's taunting. And I'm like, well, coach, I was kind of in the zone. I'm so, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I waved. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he was like, no, that's fine. Um, just don't just don't let it happen again. Um because you can get fired, and that could have caused you a touchdown, and they could have brought it back. And I, I don't want that to happen. So I'm like, all right, coach, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's not great for the team if they throw a flag there. If the refs throw a flag there, though, I mean, they're the worst humans on earth. That's just. But I guess they actually could. I guess because it is taunting to do 15 from there and take it back, which ultimately hurts your team. So I can understand that they don't like it. These refs stink, anyways. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. Um, what are the expectations for the Packers going forward? What do you guys work on uh, this week? Um, we just continue to work on ourselves, uh, continue to uh, keep growing and evolving as a unit and stack our successful stack our successful days and, uh, like I said, continue to grow and take it one, one day at a time. Hey, why did the offense it, – it seems like you guys are finally hitting a groove. And, now, granted, it was only one game, but what has it been that has made you guys not be a super productive offense to on Sunday really blowing up? And should – Packers fans in the NFL expect what happened on Sunday more often now that you guys are more comfortable with the offense that LaFleur has brought? And what was the big change to get you guys comfortable in the offense? Um, the offense is just evolving. Um, it's our, all of our first years in the offense. So we're, we're going to continue to grow. And I, I said this at the beginning of the season. Each week you'll continue to see growth and stride in our offense. And um, and I feel like our offense can continue to grow. Uh, we, we can still – We've been down in the red zone where we can finish drives and um, different things like that. So we're, we're going to continue to work on ourselves and continue to grow so we can be that complete package. Do you have anything to say about J.K. Scott, who just absolutely slaughters footballs on fourth downs when you guys can't pick up a first down? I call J.K. the boot. 
<laughs> the boot. <laughs> that man, he yeah, he's special. He's a definitely a, a weapon. Um, he he helps us. He flips the field position. I mean, he one. I can't remember what punt it was. I think it was either the second or third game. He punts the ball and it, the ball. It looks like somebody dropped it out of the sky. Hang Tom, I was like, man. So I, I'm glad to have JK on our, our team. I've been watching him for a while since he was at Alabama. So. Um, JK is a great guy, and it's just a blessing to have him on our team. He does Pilates, by the way. It's not yoga. I was told that that is the difference. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, a man who said hello to the world on Sunday. Uh, vital part of that Green Bay Packers offense. Can't wait to watch you to continue to grow. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Jones. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm a big fan. Oh, I'm a big fan of yours, too, man. And the wave, by the way, I know you almost got in trouble for it or whatever. The wave is what locked it in for me. I was like, I love this, dude. Good for you, man. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, have a great day. Um, All right, thank you. That's a shame he won't be waving at defenders anymore. Tyreek Hill kind of made a living after chucking the deuce to people while he ran by him. But rules is rules. Don't need to get a 15-yard personal foul and get it taken back. The way he talked about J.K. Scott tickled me right in my taint. Guys slaughtering footballs not only for the brand but for the Packers. Matt LaFleur's that offense is kind of coming together. Kind of watching it operate is fantastic. Aaron Rodgers said they're having a good time. Aaron Jones said the same thing. I was impressed by Aaron Jones, by the way. I thought he was very, very, very good. He doesn't do a lot of interviews either. Doesn't talk much. When you ever... If you ever run for four tutters in primetime television, you should open your mouth and spew some shit because people want to hear it. Very thankful he came on the show. Also, very, very, very thankful for Bespoke Post, a company that has completely changed my life. It's like Christmas. You're showing up at the office once a month. You sign up and they take care of you. And this fall, start a new monthly routine that'll upgrade your life and style with a box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. So whether you're looking to craft your own hard cider or toast perfectly aged fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every single part of your life. They'll send you stuff for your bar to make you look like you're the coolest bar in town. They'll send you some travel gear. They'll send you stuff to wear. They'll give you stuff, little tiddlywinks to put on your desk and things that make you look very, very important. Much more important than you are in real life because Bespoke Post and their box of awesome scans the world for up-and-coming products that make you look awesome. And they send it to you without you having to worry about it. To get started, all you have to do is take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Quick math, that's over 25 bucks of savings just to get started. And you can get an extra 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code HEARTLAND, for 20% off your first box. I went around the plane. I said, boys, what was your favorite moments from this week? Diggs looked at me and said, how about that time where you almost OD'd on edibles flying back from England? 10-4, good, buddy. I think people are going to enjoy this story. Now, granted, London games are tough to judge. Mm Mm-hmm. I played in London. We got beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars. We should not have 
loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But when you fly overseas, routines are completely changed. We chose to fly over there on Friday or Thursday. I forget what it was later in the week. Some teams go out there earlier in the week to get adjusted and all that, blah, blah, blah. We went later in the week trying to just keep it as regular as possible. We're going to keep our sleep schedule on the Eastern Standard Time. We're not going to adjust to London so that the game is just the same thing. Because I think whenever the game's at 10 a.m. American time or whatever, or whatever it was, 11, we were just going to try to play off of that. Like, we're just going to stay. We're not going to get adjusted to the London thing. We're just going to keep doing it. But whenever guys have off time, they're going to go out to London at night. I mean, the routine was just completely changed. So I don't, I don't like judging off the London game. Just like I don't like judging off the Thursday night games because when routines are changed, football players are changed. Right. Football players are creatures of habit. That's just the way it is. We got this at this time, this at this time, nap at this time, eat at this time, potentially fornicate at this time, do this, and then sleep, and then start it over and do this. That's the way a football schedule has been. Through high school, it's that way. In college, every single moment of your life is dictated by the head coach. You're doing this. And in the NFL, it's the same thing. Boom, boom, boom. That's why whenever rookies get their first offseason after their first season, there's always all hell breaks loose. That's when you see people get in trouble because it's the first time their life hasn't been on a schedule basically since they were a child. Mm -hmm. So when you go to London, the routine changes. When you play on Thursday night, routine changes. For me, when we went to London, Walt Anderson screwed me. Walt Anderson had me kicking brand new footballs because he refused to let the beat-up footballs get into the game because Walt Anderson's Walt Anderson. So for the first time in my life, I was punting footballs in front of a crowd that wanted to see balls get punted, and I got to punt brand new balls because Walt Anderson wouldn't do the protocol. Called Dean Blandino the next day. I said, listen, Dean, I ain't doing it no more. I'll bury Walt Anderson. He said, no, no, no. It's my job to make sure Walt Anderson follows protocol, which is the balls get broken in for 30 minutes, then Walt Anderson has to okay four balls, and then he lets the balls in. Walt Anderson didn't okay any of the balls that were beat up, only took the brand new balls, put them in there. Might as well have been kicking a cement ball. Mm-hmm. In front of all these people that actually respect kicking, I was going to try to pull on a show. It didn't do great. But other than that, my routine was okay. Ben and Terry and I, Joe Philbin, got a massage on Friday night in the hotel. Learned a lot about England from the massage therapist there. But everybody else kind of went out. That was kind of an interesting thing. I was like, oh, we're the only people that aren't out right now. Me, Ben and Terry, and Joe Philbin. Hmm. Now, maybe that doesn't make us cultured because we didn't want to go see the Big Ben and all that stuff. Probably accurate. <laughs> probably American meatheads, but for me, I just wanted to sleep. I want to get out of here. I'd also potentially taken over their 30 edibles <laughs> because I thought more teammates of mine were going to want to indulge in that either before the game or after the game. And to get to London, you go through your own TSA here. The team has TSA that you have to check in. Here's my passport. The Colts already have it. They took it all from everybody. It's literally you get your bags checked and then you're through Put them in a little thing. We're good to go. It's Teams TSA. Get on the bus. Fly over there. I forgot all about them. Didn't utilize them at all because how things quickly change. Right. After we lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're on the team bus. They go, hey, we're going through Heathrow Airport through the real-life TSA. And at that moment, I look around. I go, oh, no. I have a lot of – I have some things in my bag right now that have vitamins in them. I have to get rid of them. And at that point, I'd whittled it down to like 15 of them. And I look at Vinatieri, and I'm like, buddy, not good. He's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I guess I'm just going to throw them away in here. Couldn't do that because right next to the trash can was an English police officer. So I couldn't just walk up and dump a bunch of edibles into the thing next to the guy. He's going to ask questions. We're going to the Heathrow Airport. Now i got to do what i got to do. We finally get there. Police escorts, a lot going on. So I just take down 13 edibles. Yikes. See you later. 
<laughs> Vinatieri looks at me and goes, how you doing, bub? I was like, I'm good now, but things are about to happen. He goes, I got you, little buddy. I'm like, thank you. So we go through the little check-in thing. And right before we get to the scan of the bags thing, it all hits me. I might as well have been on cloud 45 over there in London. They check my bag. Boom, boom, boom. I get selected. Something was in my bag. So now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no. Did I leave a couple in there? Oh, my God. Vinatieri starts walking ahead. He turns around. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, they got my bag, man. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, I have no idea. So he comes and stands with me. He's like, I got you, bub. I was like, I, they might got me for real. I might be staying a night in England. They go through my bag. Turns out had a vibrating uh, toothbrush. <laughs> Thing was vibrating in my bag. Yep. They're like, oh, it must have been this. Or it must have been my big-ass toothpaste because you can't fly with that. <laughs> I was like, you got it, pal. I get all the way back to the, to the plane, lost my ticket somewhere. <laughs> Somehow I don't have a ticket. So now I got to check into the gate, people, that I don't have a ticket. I'm like, I- I'm on this plane. I promise I am, but I don't have a ticket. They're like, what's your name? I'm like, Patrick McAfee. McAfee? No, yeah, whatever you want to call me. I just need a ticket. So now I have to sit there and wait as somebody brings me a ticket from the front while my entire team walks by me, knowing that I'm on cloud 50 just having a good time. Grigson walks by, just upset, obviously. I wish he would have known that I was in a mood where he should have talked to me there. It was just a nightmare. The London trip for me from beginning to end was not good, and I think that happens for a lot of NFL players. It's just a completely break from routine. It's not fun. You have to fly back. You're playing in a soccer stadium. Now, granted, some teams thrive in that situation. The Bears did not. The International Bears aren't great. The Colts weren't great. It's different for a lot of teams. The Raiders look good. But I don't like to judge anybody off of those European trips because everything's different. And it's not like a bowl game different. It's just completely different. And uh, for me, it almost ended with my death. I would not recommend doing that, obviously. Dire circumstances result in dire actions. I couldn't be locked up abroad, not in the middle of a goddamn season. So I had to do what I had to do. I'm happy I survived. I'll never do it again. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. But I learned how to play dominoes with Antonio Cromarty while I was there. And I feel like I learned a lot. I will slam the hell of a, tato, uh, a table, by the way, if I got 20 in bones. I can play cards. I know how to play dominoes now. I got to see the northern lights while we were flying on those edibles. I mean, we lost to the Jaguars. But some would say I won in the long run because I learned a lot that night. Do you want to be able to watch every single NFL game this season? Yes is your answer. No matter where you live or what team you root for this season, there's a proven way to watch every football game live for a fraction of the price of DirecTV or NFL Sunday ticket. Express VPN. Here's how it works. Use ExpressVPN to buy International Game Pass. ExpressVPN lets you spoof your location so you can buy the International Game Pass for just $125 and stream all the games. I live in Indianapolis, but if you root for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just like Diggs does, you need to stream all of their games. ExpressVPN comes with apps for computers, mobile, and digital media players like Fire TV. Plus, use ExpressVPN every time you go online to keep all your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I've ever tried, and it costs less than $7 per month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Enjoy all 256 games of the 2019 NFL season with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. 
Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash pat. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash P-A-T for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash pat to learn more. I'll tell you what. Get in the trenches on the internet with your friends, ExpressVPN. I asked Zito what his favorite moment from the week was, and he said, In the trenches with my boy Josh Sitton. Josh Sitton was a bear for only a couple years. He was a Packer for forever. He joined us earlier this week for an incredible conversation. It makes you look at things a little bit differently whenever you hear the big guy talk about how offenses thrive. It was Zito's birthday yesterday. Failed to mention that on the podcast. Probably a bad boss. But we allowed him to pick his favorite moment. Happy birthday to him. And congratulations to you to get to listen to this incredible football player talk about life. Joining us right now is a man who played in the NFL for 11 years. Three-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, one of Aaron Rodgers' friends, which I like and love. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, Josh Sitton. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for calling into the show, bro. What are you doing right now? Just driving around with a couple kids in the back there? Uh, yeah. Can you see my baby? <laughs> uh, uh, Actually, just just left a meeting at a building that I bought, and we we towed our kids around with us all the time. So, okay, let's get to that. You're an offensive guard for 11 years in the NFL. Not an easy position. It seems like you're transitioning well into retirement. What are you doing? You you buy buildings? You just flip properties? Um, we do a little bit of both. I've got a construction company and a development company. Um, so we do, I do some residential and a lot of commercial real estate. And we, uh, we just bought a big post office building, um, in downtown Pensacola. And we are in the process of renovating it right now. So it's a, it's a cool project. It's a 120 year old building, so it should be fun. Oh, I'm sure you won't have to upgrade the, uh, the air conditioner. Uh, right? <laughs> All right, let's move to football because you were an incredible football player and there's a lot of incredible football happening right now. You have a great familiarity with the Green Bay Packers. We can talk about the Green Bay Packers and their team being incredible, who I think are going to represent the NFC. But I also said that before watching the San Francisco 49ers last night, who happened to be a damn good team. How do you see the the state of the NFC kind of shaping up this season? Uh, I mean, I think there's two teams that are at the top. I think the... uh... I think the Saints and the Packers will be in the NFC Championship. Um, anytime you can win games like the Packers are with their defense, and you still have Aaron Rodgers who hasn't really even turned it on yet, um, it's uh, they're going to be a dangerous team. I think they'll, uh, I think they'll probably end up in the NFC Championship. And like I said, the Saints are unbelievable to have their backup quarterback go in and uh, do what they're doing right now. It's uh, it's pretty cool to watch. I'm really happy for Teddy. He's an awesome guy. I played against him, uh, you know, against Minnesota for a few years. Um, so it's fun to watch when they get Drew back. Back, it's going to be uh, they're going to be dangerous as well. But I don't. I think they're the top of the class, and and I don't think really anybody else is close to them. I don't. I thought that too until I saw the Niners last night. But that might be because the Browns just laid a complete egg <laughs> last night. I gave I gave an entire take earlier in the show about how whenever you start talking and start doing things as an NFL player, you're put you're setting yourself up for people to hate you. The Cleveland Browns have done that. They laid a big ed, egg last night, and now people are just piling on them. Do you have the same view on that whole thing? Um. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield yet. 
Um, he's he's just so young. I don't think I don't think they can expect uh, to get out of him what they need uh, this early in his career. Um, I think their offensive line is struggling right now, and they've got one of the better centers in the league, J.C. Trader, and one of the better left guards, uh, Joel Batonio. Um, but at the other positions, they're lacking a little bit. Um, and you got to be able to have you got to be able to solidify one side of the offensive line because um, you can only chip on one side, you know, things like that. So if uh, if they had a solid, super solid left tackle, I think they'd be fine. Um, but uh, you can't you can't put all that on Baker right now. Um, and I don't think I'm not impressed with uh, really with the 49ers yet. I don't think they've played a, a whole lot of competition yet. And I think they'll get exposed when uh, whenever they start seeing some competition. That's so interesting to think from an offensive lineman standpoint. So, like, when I watch film and when I watch a game, everybody knows I pay attention to the punter and the kicker. I'm watching them. I'm watching the holder. I'm kind of watching what I'm familiar with whenever that's on. And then whenever the offense and defense is on the field, I'm just watching it as a casual fan, I'd assume. But whenever these guys who play these positions, for instance, I have a linebacker friend that he he catches himself whenever he's watching football. He just watches the middle linebacker to see what that person's doing. I have an offensive lineman friend, AQ. He says when he watches other games, he's literally watching what the center's doing. An offensive lineman's perspective on football is so much different. And to hear you say they're one good left tackle away from potentially being something is interesting that I don't think I've heard yet. Yeah, I mean, so think about it. I mean, you have to you're going to you're going to have weak spots on the O-line, right? You need but you need 3 out of the 5 to be good, to be a good offensive line and you need you need to be able to you know, you're always going to have that weak spot like I said, and you're going to need to help, you know, with the running back or the tight end or chip or whatever. Um, and if you've got three holes on the line, you can't cover up for that. And with a young quarterback, it's just you're asking too much of them. You know, we had years in Green Bay that, um, you know, we had injuries and things. But our O-line wasn't quite as good, but we had Aaron Rodgers. And he, could, he could overcome that. Baker's too young in his career to, to overcome that. Speaking of too young, and his, that's so fascinating, by the way. That was very, I feel like I just learned something about football, and I feel like I've been around football a lot more than most people. <laughs> that was very, very fascinating to hear that. I appreciate that. Speaking of Baker being young in his career, Richard Sherman won off because during the captain's coin toss, Baker refused to dap anybody up, fist bump, do anything like that. I told a story about how I don't even know how it's possible to do that because you're literally set up by the refs to shake hands with each other. Like that, you're literally told to touch hands with each other. So to just say no, I think it takes a massive amount of gut sack and the amount of awkwardness that that has to be is incredible. But I think Richard Sherman's right here. Like, just give a fist pump, dude. Do something. And do you think that could potentially hurt Baker Mayfield with that mindset? Just, just give a fist bump, man. It's uh, and if you're not gonna do it, you better go ball out. <laughs> You see, you see these uh, kids on Instagram all the time. The the high school football players I always see those clips of them clapping and, and not shaking hands before the game, and then they go out and get their ass beat. And uh, it's uh, just shake, just shake somebody's hand, and if you're not going to go, go play better than that. I think that's the thing, though, is we're all adults, you know, and I think as you get older in the NFL, you start dealing with the business of the NFL, and I think that's when you really mature, whenever you have to go through your first contract negotiation. When I was young, I and even till the day I retired, I would go into that building with, like, a, a lot of energy, you know, positive, upbeat, like, hey, let's do this for the team, yeah, let's have fun, even if it was, like, fake energy, it was something that people could laugh at, and a lot of the older players were like, oh, just wait till you go through your first negotiation. <laughs> this is, you're not even, you, you haven't even experienced 
experienced the business of this whole thing. What do you think people, now that you've been retired and you like kind of mingle with humans, what do you think people don't understand about the NFL from the outsider's perspective? Uh, well, they think it's the same old sport that you've been you know, playing since you were a kid, and it's really not. It's not all the glitz and glamour and, and glory that they all see. And that's, I mean, that's what they see, though. They just see see you on Sundays. They don't realize how how terrible your body feels on Mondays. You know, there was mornings that I couldn't walk to my freaking bathroom on Monday morning, you know. Um, and, you know, fans don't see that, and they don't care. They're not watching football to worry about uh, you or I feeling good. You know, they're watching because they want to be entertained. Um, and, you know, to them, it's entertainment. And, you know, to us, it's our business. It's our livelihood. Um, but I don't think I don't think people realize how bad you get beat up and uh, how bad you feel on Monday and Tuesday. I have nothing but respect for offensive linemen because let me tell you why. Zero credit ever. Zero credit ever. Every once in a while you'll be like, hey, the line block good today, but that's coming from other players. That's not coming from the media. That's not coming from anybody else. I think Quentin Nelson is kind of changing that. Have you seen Quentin Nelson play football, and do you appreciate the hell out of that as a former guard? No, I love it. And I was actually thinking about this morning uh, when I was thinking about the interview. Uh, I was hoping that he got brought up. I've, I've I've been watching him, and you know, as a as a as a guard that was in the league that played a year, you know, when he was playing, you know, you think, oh, this guy's just a rookie, first round pick. He's getting a bunch of BS hype. Well, it's real hype, and he's that good. And it's it, he's pretty impressive to watch. He's um, He's really good in the run game. Everybody knows he's a mauler, but I've watched some things in the past game that you see out of guys that have been in the league for a long time. You know, he's knocking people's hands down and putting them on their face, which is like an old kind of a veteran move, you know. You see guys in their 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th year doing that, um, and he's doing it already. So to watch him uh, do these little crafty things, it's uh, it's pretty damn impressive. Everybody knows how big of a mauler he is, but he's a, he's a technician too, and he's a hell of an athlete, and he seems like a great guy. So I'm – I'm happy that there's uh, he's getting some love at the guard position. He's got a finesse game as well. I can respect the hell out of that because <laughs> the only highlights you see is him just barreling over people because it's fantastic. I mean, that is awesome to watch a professional athlete barrel over another professional athlete who has trained all of his life for this moment. And just to watch Big Earl Grey, Wreck-It Ralph, Quentin Nelson just bury humans on a regular basis. And we just showed a picture of him sitting on the back of another man. I mean, it's just, it is awesome. But to hear that he's a technician as well is beautiful. What do you think about um, Alberto Riveron in these rules? Have you been watching the games? It's been flag fest. The reviews are a joke. It's all terrible right now. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I think I think starting the uh, that review with the pass interference is just going to create more more drama. Uh, I think you let the refs call the game. It's it's a we're all humans and we all make mistakes and and the refs I promise you aren't winning or losing games. Um, you know, let them go call the game. Uh, you know, I don't I think the refs are not very good in this league, but <laughs> uh, but you still have to you still have to let them go do their job. And you're slowing the game down. You're going to open it up to. Um, you know, you're going to start reviewing every freaking play if we if we keep going down this path, and it just slows it down and makes it boring. But Josh, I can't thank you enough for your time today, taking it out of your busy schedule. We got to get to a break here in a minute. You have been insightful, entertaining, and the thought of just eliminating reviews and just expecting refs to mess up and it just being a part of the game 
is an interesting thought as well. That is something that like, yeah, listen, they're going to mess up. That's just what you got to deal with. Because with the review in there, you're expecting perfection. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's happening at this point. I think it's an absolute cluster truck. Good luck with your business, my brother. We hope to have you on again soon. You were really good, man. I appreciate you. All right. Appreciate you, man. Yep. Hey, take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh. Hey, a couple of things in there that I haven't thought about. By the way, the view from an offensive lineman's Mm -hmm. life, very different than ours. I could always walk to the bathroom on Monday mornings, <laughs> so I can't. Actually, I couldn't when I had a dislocated kneecap my last season. So even the weakest position in the NFL goes through some stuff. We're grossly overpaid, though. I think we would all agree with that. But, I mean, just what a beautiful conversation that was from Josh Shitton. You love that guy, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a road grader for the Packers. I was really disappointed when they let him go. Josh Sitton was absolutely magical. He said he would join us again. I hope he does. I hope his business is thriving. Good entrepreneur. He had a camouflage hat on, still had that beard, so he's a good old boy. But his football IQ is a good one. I never thought about that where if you have two bad offensive linemen, at least your running back and tight end can pick that up. You have three bad offensive linemen, though. You're pretty much fucked unless your quarterback can figure it out. Cleveland could be dealing with that right now. That opened my eyes to something, man. Maybe view the brownies a little bit different. I appreciate Josh sitting. I appreciate going in the trenches there, Zeke. I also appreciate this new product I've been using since they've become a podcast sponsor of ours. We live in our own little bubble. We live in our own little world. So we don't get a chance to really experience things outside of it until it shows up. And I've been very thankful that Athletic Greens has showed up in my life. Athletic Greens is basically a one-scoop, one-stop shop to get all the nutritional shit that you could possibly need in a day. Athletic Greens Ultimate Daily is the obsessively researched all-in-one nutritional support containing 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients. Just one scoop, as easy as one scoop, contains essential vitamins and minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, adaptogens, and more providing you with convenient and comprehensive nutritional insurance that supports your gut health, energy, immunity, and more. They even have travel packs that make it especially easy for us to take on the road and keep up with our energy, our focus, and our overall health because one scoop can really change the way everything goes inside of your body. Right now, if you go to athleticgreens.com, forward slash pat you'll get 20 free travel packs valued at 79 dollars with your first purchase and this company at athletic greens is not just an incredible product they also have a mission statement it's inspiring fulfilling lives starting with a focus on health their core values are respect and empathy for all life is an opportunity no compromises take care of yourself today and decide to take athletic greens ultimate daily athleticgreens.com forward slash pat 20 free travel packs valued at 79 dollars with your first purchase get better gut health feel better get all the vitamins you could possibly need all with one scoop that actually tastes pretty damn good shout out to athletic greens for coming into my life and making me a healthier person and shout out to you for deciding that life is worth it and signing up right now at athleticgreens.com forward slash pat 20 free travel packs valued at 79 dollars with your first purchase that's a hell of a deal Speaking of a hell of a deal, I laid some shit out for a guy, and it was Foxy's favorite moment of the week where I decided to go after an old white. It needed to be done. 
I wasn't the only one, but I had a microphone in my hand, and I decided Dave Peterson, Penn State alum, needed to be knocked down a couple pegs. Dave Peterson is this man that is going to have a tough go of it here for the rest of his life because this went viral last night on the Twitter. I'm sure other platforms as well, but I kind of live on the Twitter. And it was this letter that he wrote to the locker room that basically says his wife and he are proud older graduates of Penn State. We love the Nittany Lions. We go to all the sports, but we miss the days of the clean-cut athletes. And he directed this directly to one of the players and said that your dreads are basically unprofessional and unbecoming of Penn State University. I have a similar story with Penn State University where Mike McQuarrie told me right to my face, I was not Penn State material. Mike McQuarrie obviously would go on to become the guy that would testify saying that he saw Sandusky, blah, 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 that whole terrible thing that Mm -hmm. happened. He told me right to my face he didn't think I was Penn State material. Now we got an older white sending a letter a typed letter with some grammatical errors, by the way, some grammatical errors, a comma issue here, comma issue there, to a player that his dreadlocks are basically unbecoming of Penn State. And then he goes on to say that the NFL is no longer something he enjoys due to the disgusting tattoos, awful hair, and immature antics in the end zone. Now, we don't know who he's speaking about there because both Caucasians and African-Americans and Australian Americans and Canadian Americans and Italian Americans. Italian Americans. Everybody has every genre of human is represented in the tattoo world, is represented in the antics in the end zone world, is represented in the long hair world. It's just something. So we don't know exactly who he's taking a shot at there, but we can assume that this Penn State player that posted this uh, is an African American man, even though white people sometimes have dreadlocks. If they've just completely given up on everything. <laughs> Dreadlocks in the African-American community, though, mean a lot more. It is a touch to the soul, basically. It is one with the gods, almost. It is a very integral part of some communities in the African-American culture, which for me, by the way, I think is incredible. I love the fact I had long hair at one time. I wish I could have got dreadlocks. I think they look awesome. But white people with dreadlocks is automatically like, ah, this guy... This guy does all the drugs. That's what you think. You see a, a white guy with dreadlocks, you go, this guy does all the drugs. So this letter was directed directly at an African-American player and directly at something that is coming from him and his culture. So a lot of people said, this guy is racist. And I won't hop on that train, although this is obviously a pretty racial thing for him. He doesn't like it, and I, I think there was hints of it. For me, this is just a classic old white man thinking that his opinion matters. Now listen. Your opinion does not matter. And a lot of people tweeted me like, oh, if you're getting offended by this, you don't hang out with enough old people. I'm like, no crap. (laughs) No crap. My grandma died whenever I was a teenager. My other grandma passed away when my dad was 16. My grandfather, my brother and I's grandfathers didn't really like us much, so we didn't really hang out with them. I was around zero old people. What I'm around, I feel like I like to surround myself with is good humans. People that aren't stupid, that don't say dumb things. Now, granted, social media has given a platform for too many idiots. 
Too many idiots get a platform on social media. But the fact that this guy thinks his opinion matters enough, to me, is the problem. The fact that this guy thinks anything he has to say affects anything is my problem. And this is the self-awareness issue, not only with people of the world today, not only with the old whites of the day who hate everything almost, it seems like. Now, granted, this isn't all old whites, and this is not all old uh, people in general. This is not all Caucasians. This is a specific breed of old whites that are the worst humans on the planet. Mm-hmm. And us other Caucasians, we hate that they exist as well. Oh, yeah. Because we live in a world that uses a broad brush to paint over everything. So when this letter gets sent, white people look bad. White people have been doing dumb things for a long, long time. Dumb things. And we'll probably, by the way, continue to do dumb things for a long, long time. I just want the world to know that that particular section of whites, the people that call uh, the police when people are selling water, Mm -hmm. the people that uh, ask people's cars to get towed, the people that, uh, let's see, uh, arrest you for walking in public a little bit intoxicated at 4 a.m., these particular group of whites are not a good group of whites and we should all band together and hate them. And that's how I truly feel about it. And Dave Peterson is a guy that I absolutely despise. You should too. If you see uh, his other writings that he writes into the Gazette or whatever in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, he's a joke. This guy is an absolute joke. And he, they posted a picture of him in the newspaper. His hair's disheveled. Looks like he just got done hanging out with Sandusky for 25 minutes. That guy stinks. And I just want everybody to know that we all hate him but we all hate that man and we hope things like that will cease to exist but it won't because the world is filled with idiots we learn that every day on the internet well it was a hell of a fucking week for us i hope you enjoyed it we had the richard sherman interview that happened that took over the world got a chance to call another great game down here in raleigh north carolina got a chance to chat with some incredible folks got a chance to saw down an old white Week five is down on this incredible run we're having this fall season. And we are so, so thankful for all of you fucking with us along the journey. Normally we have Friday bangers. But I honestly think the heaters we've been playing at the end of the podcast have been so damn good. And that will not end. Today, Ty Schmidt's about to hit you in the face and send you into the weekend on a beautiful fashion. For myself, Evan Fox, Ty Schmidt. Jose Perez, who's another year older. Happy birthday, Zito. Happy birthday, Zito. Anthony DeGilio, all of us at PMI, including these two pilots that hopefully have kept us alive all the way through landing. You're the absolute greatest. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. Yeah. And you say, Shaw City. Shaw City. Shy City. I'm coming home again. Do you think about me now and then? Yeah. Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming home again. again. I met this girl when I was three years old. And what I love most, she had so much soul. She said, excuse me, little homie, I know you don't know me, but my name is Wendy and I like to blow trees. And from that point, I never blow her off. Niggas come from out of town, I like to show her off. They like to act tough, she like to tone them off And make them straighten up their hat cause she know they soft And when I grew up she showed me how to go downtown And at nighttime, my face lit up so astounding I told her and my heart is where she always be She never mess with entertainers cause they 
always leaves He said it felt like they walked and drove on me Knew I was gang affiliated, got on TV and told on me I guess it's why last winter she got so cold on me She said, yeah, keep making that, keep making again. that platinum and gold for me Sometimes I still talk to her, but when I talk to her, it always seems like she's talking about me. She said you left your kids, and they just like you. They wanna rap and make soul beats just like you, but they just not you. And I just got through talking about what niggas trying to do, just not new. Now everybody got the game figured out all wrong. I guess you never know what you got till it's gone. I guess that's why I'm here and I can't come back home. And guess when I heard that? When I was back home, every interview I'm representing you. Making you proud, reach for the stars So if you fall, you land on a cloud Jump in the crowd, talking lighters, wave them around If you don't know I'm by now, I'm talking again. about shot town Do you think about me now and then? Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming home again Me home again Maybe do you remember when Fireworks at Lake Michigan